and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 74th episode of the podcast for the week of October 21st, 2019. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls in our Animal Ambassador of the Week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic, and this week I'm so happy to welcome Australian professional astrologer and one-third of the water trio, Alicia Youssef, to join me in a discussion on Scorpio season 2019. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest, because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me here today, and if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access for as little as $1 per month to the podcast or the show notes to this podcast, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Also, if you'd like to make a one-time donation, you can do so at Mel's Tip Jar, which you can find over at my webpage of energeticprinciples.com. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady starts out the week continuing to wane down in light while making her last quarter square in Cancer in the wee hours of early Monday morning. She promptly moves into the fixed heart fires of Leo and where she will remain until moving into the transitional earth of Virgo midday on Wednesday. She carries on in this practical and work-oriented space until moving into balance-oriented Libra on Friday around midday. She continues to quiet down into her balsamic position throughout the weekend as she heads into Scorpio on Sunday afternoon and where she will make her new moon conjunction later that evening. So just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe, at about eight hours. And if you are in Australia or the East, at about 17 hours, or basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. Well, my friends, you know, it's official. This week, Scorpio season begins. Uh, But we also have Venus making a trine to Neptune and a sextile to Pluto. She is following Mercury's footsteps here. Uh, We also have Mars in Libra making a square to Saturn in Capricorn. Uh, On the same day that we close out the week with a new moon in Scorpio, uh, and the sun is uh, gearing up to oppose Uranus. So let us waste no time and dive right in. 
Now, on Monday, we start out the week with the moon in Cancer, but she will move to Leo rather early in the morning, about 9.30 a.m. here on the Pacific Coast. But along the way, she'll square her son, uh, her son, like it's her son. <laughs> the son's like, I beg to differ. Um, but she will square the sun super early for that first or last quarter moon. Uh, and then she'll go on to square Uranus. So, uh, of course, we have last quarter brewing super early on that day, but we have two other things that are happening on Monday. We have Mars, who is uh, making a square with the nodes, and we also have Venus making a trine to Neptune. So let's first talk about this last quarter moon position, which will happen at 27 degrees and 49 minutes of Cancer, and that will officially uh, square at 5.39 a.m. here on the Pacific Coast. So... We have a unique week as there is a push on Sunday and Monday with our last quarter moon square in Cancer and where the energy brings some emotional security challenges that push the story towards the Scorpio new moon that is going to seed on Sunday. And so this can be a time where we do a little spiritual cleansing in our lives as we feel the challenge to rebirth our energy and leave the past behind. As we are sandwiched between two moon phases and water signs, we can anticipate that this week will have us operating in the emotionally connective sphere as feelings and relating energies take precedence. So be receptive, listen to your intuition, and see what comes in. Now, with Mars squaring the nodes, Mars and Libra there, and we have our nodes, uh, North Node in Cancer and the South Node in Capricorn. And so now, uh, you know, what is also perfecting today is an influence that has been building over the past few weeks, and really since Mars has moved into Libra and headed to make a T-square with the nodes in Cancer and Capricorn. And so to me, this speaks of a time to push forward towards new possibilities in our lives, especially as we have had a lot of precursory uh, squares that have taken place uh, with Mercury, Venus, and the Sun. Uh, You know, they've all been in the same position that Mars is now in. And so now we are at the point to follow the story up with some appropriate action. Now, the last time Mars squared the nodes was actually earlier this year on February 9th, yet this was from the vantage point of Aries. So there may be a continuation of energy that gets repeated with the possibility of a flipped perspective around earlier earlier inspirations that may have been driving us. Now, overall, there may be a bit more assertion and aggression in the air, particularly in relations, communications, and our own intellectual ponderings, you know, what's going on in our mind. So be aware as you navigate this period. Now, as long as you approach situations with compassionate diplomacy while also maintaining necessary boundaries, I think that this can be a very productive period. Now, to add to that, we have Venus trine Neptune. All these energies are like so different from each other on the same day. So it's kind of funny to look at. But so Venus, um, and you know, keep in mind, Mars and Libra is definitely looking to Venus for some action. And Venus and Scorpio is looking to Mars as well. So they actually play into each other uh, in their particular um, current Uh, configurations. Now, Venus, you know, she's our relationship planet. She's what helps us open up and draw in and attract, uh, but also equal, you know, bring some balance and harmony in our lives um, as we, you know, kind of try to find the equilibrium. 
Now, she's in a trine with Neptune, and trines, you know, these are flowing. There are no, there's no obstacles here, and there are no boundaries. And Neptune, Neptune knows no boundaries as well, as it's a very idealistic energy and is uh, can be contained with spiritual inspiration or, um, you know, or sometimes confusion or compassion or, uh, you know, uh, disillusion of sorts when we're letting go of things. So, now to play off of Mars, Mars in a square with the nodes, we have our gal Venus in Scorpio who's pushing his agenda further as she forms a flowing release-oriented trine with Neptune in Pisces. And so we can open up to an emotional wave that is, you know, that is seeking to release stuck energy and help shift our quality of life towards greater harmony and compassion. So be receptive to the spiritual swell that is helping cleanse and purge away any swampy residue that keeps your story from moving forward. For you'll feel refreshed and in tune if you float downstream and go with the flow at this time. So the bottom line for Monday is, is that we wake up in the cozy yet pressured waters of cancer, uh, you know, with that first quarter moon position, to then quickly move into the fires of Leo first thing on Monday morning. And so there's likely to be a disruptive quality to the day as a dramatic uh, square from Luna, uh, you know, is tapping into the rebel energies of Uranus. At the same time, Mars is squaring the nodes. So tap into your heart today and allow the Uranian energies to shake off any debris that is keeping you from following that impetus. Because whenever we are irritated, we are given valuable clues into what is needing our attention. So just pay attention, pay attention to your irritation (laughs) uh, at this time, and especially at this week. Now, on Tuesday, we have the moon in Leo, uh, and she will make an early morning sextile to Mars and then go on to square Venus and trine Jupiter. And so the bottom line for Tuesday is is that here we have a buoyant day ahead of us uh, with a tendency towards excess, but also the inspiration uh, to adventure and, you know, have a little bit of fun in our lives. And there may be a little moodiness mixed in uh, with, you know, some passion because Luna is squaring Venus and Scorpio over there. um, And that is, you know, challenging our attraction energy. Uh, And I think by uh, challenging that energy, we will then actually flow towards growth in our stories as she makes that trine to Jupiter. And so the sun is also sitting at the tested 29th degree of Libra this day. And there may be final challenges taking place in the relating department or the decision-making department. So stay on course and utilize what you've learned over the last 30 days. Now, on Wednesday, uh, we have the moon in Leo, but she will move to Virgo around uh, around a little after noon time here on the Pacific Coast. Now, along the way, she'll make a very early square to Mercury, and then she'll go on to sextile the sun uh, and trine Uranus. And so we see some resolve from Monday on Wednesday. Uh, but also of note, we have the sun ingressing into Scorpio this day. So the sun will officially move into Scorpio to start our Scorpio season uh, at 10.20 a.m. here on the Pacific Coast. And so, yeah, you know, Scorpio season has officially arrived. So happy birthday and personal rejuvenation period to all you Scorpio suns and Scorpio risings out there. You know, as a Scorpio rising myself, I look forward to this time each year for this, you know, that switch in energies really kind of perks my spirit right up. 
Now, now, even though it's perking me up, really this uh, this period of the year is nature's decay cycle, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere. And there are strong and passionate energies at play that seek to both create and destroy. Um, now, you know, the nights get colder and we are further enticed to kind of snuggle in with our loved ones as intimate relations take a forefront. Uh, and those fires of passion mixed with lustful desire can seep in at this time of year as provocative and sexual energies arise within. And this same heat can cause steam in our interactions as our passions take on an intensity that can seem all-consuming at times, because there can be an obsessive quality to Scorpio, for sure. Uh, And this is the time of year where skeletons may come out of the closet, Uh, you know, and we are more inclined to encounter situations of depth that may lead towards extremes. Uh, And at times we may feel the pressure of kind of an all or nothing or maybe a black and white view of life. But ultimately, this is where we shine a light on the muck that lies beneath and clear the way for changes that will benefit our emotional stability in the long run. Now, the sun will be in Scorpio until November 2nd, and when we'll start our Sag season. And I will make a quick mention that uh, Alicia and I will be talking all about Scorpio season later in the program, so stay tuned for that. So the bottom line for Wednesday is is that here we get a flavor of the upcoming electric sun-Uranus opposition as Luna transfers light from our solar guide to the Great Awakener. So there may be the need to slow down and settle into the changing energies as both the sun changes signs and the moon changes signs around midday. So, you know, go easy on yourself, particularly as the Virgo moon, you know, once we move into the Virgo energy, may desire to figure it all out. But listen in, you know, and listen in and see what is arising within. For really, that awareness that is triggered at this time will be telling us of a developing story that is ahead. And, you know, essentially will be seeding into Sunday's new moon. So it's quite possible that innovative approaches and fix-it solutions may come our way, uh, especially later in the day. So just keep an ear out for that. Now, on Thursday, the moon is in Virgo, and she will trine Saturn, oppose Neptune, uh, and then make a sextile with Venus and a trine to Pluto later in the evening. Um, now, the bottom line, and that I will say that day is also for the uh, Orionids meteors. Am I saying that <laughs> right? Um, uh, that are uh, part of has something to do with Halley's Comet. I don't know too much about it, and I probably, but I just want to let people know, if you are meteor watchers, there's some action going on Thursday. I think there's going to be a little disruption from the moon in her current phase, and I think that the only, you're only going to be able to see them um, in their, you know, their best majesty probably really early in the morning before the sun comes up, but just FYI if you want to look into that further. But the bottom line for Thursday is, is that practical concerns may be the first matter of the day as the upcoming Mars-Saturn square becomes activated by Luna's trine to Saturn. Yet we may veer off course a bit as the Neptunian energies creep in and cloud some of the details, asking that we open to faith instead of judgmental certainty. Now, Venus's activity with both Neptune and Pluto will be highlighted as she gets a ground flow from that Virgo moon, and we may uh, be batting a discerning eye as we examine the nuts and bolts in our relations and our creative projects. 
Now, connecting with and uh, being receptive to others later in the day may help us feel grounded and empowered in the outer shifts taking place. Now, I will say this will be the last night I'll be doing a tarot residency at uh, Raised by Wolves over in the UTC. So if you are in San Diego uh, and want to check out this fabulous establishment, um, I will be there from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. that night, right as Venus is making a sextile to the moon in a trine to Pluto. So how lovely. I bet the conversations will be deep that night. (laughs) All right, so Friday, the moon is in Virgo, but she will go on to to enter into Libra around, you know, early afternoon here on the Pacific coast. Now, along the way, she'll make a square to Jupiter uh, and a sextile to Mercury super early in the morning. Um, so we kind of have an interesting moon on Friday, but also note we have Venus making a sextile to Pluto this day. And so we already know Venus, that's our goddess of love, you know, our relationship energy, uh, our attraction energy and our value oriented energy as well. And so she's going to be making a sextile, which is an opportunity and it opens a door. And so where are we opening the door to? Well, that is Pluto and Pluto wants change. Pluto wants to transform and purify energy. Pluto asks us to go deep uh, and maybe, you know, open up to some deeper emotions or instinctual uh, energies that are lurking within. So here our gal Venus has moved on from her Neptune flow earlier in the week uh, to make an opportunistic pass with the metamorphic energies of Pluto. And so we are attracting in situations that help us receive healing energy that correlates to some of the outer world shifts that are currently underway and how we have been dealing with these shifts on an emotional level. Now, relating with others can help us clear the air and communicate our changing values and commitments, while also providing the opportunity for profound bonding that can strengthen connections and our overall sense of harmony. So, you know, open up and don't be afraid to be vulnerable, for the situation is likely to be supportive in the end. So the bottom line for Friday is is that here we have a two-part day of shifting energy as Luna moves from Virgo to Libra. Yet there is also stillness in some ways as the only lunar aspects that perfect take place early in the morning. Now, Luna is quieting down and settling into the reflective part of her cycle, yet there is considerable transit energy mounting in the skies. So, you know, let today serve as mental preparation and a time to air out what might be on your mind. Now, on Saturday, the moon is in Libra. She'll make a conjunction to Mars, a square to Saturn, and then a square to Pluto. Uh, All the basically all the malefics here. Uh, And so the bottom line for Saturday is that this day has some teeth to it as Mars and Saturn get activated along with Pluto. And with the moon sinking ever further into her waning crescent, there's a lot of emotional balancing taking place as our needs and desires come to the forefront and demand us to revise commitments and long-term strategies so we can get closer to our version of integrity. Now, with the moon in Libra, there is bound to be relationship tension brewing, including how you navigate the relationship to yourself. So go deep and get serious, for the detachment of this air moon can help us effectively weigh our future potentials. Now, there may be irritation, emotional blockages, and instinctual intensity at play, so be aware so you can learn from whatever comes up. 
Now on Sunday, Sunday fun day, Sunday's got, Sunday's got a lot of action to it here as we have the moon in Libra who will move to Scorpio uh, around about 1.30 p.m. here on the Pacific coast and then go on to make her new moon conjunction uh, around uh, about 5.30 p.m. here. Now along the way, she'll make a super early sextile to Jupiter, uh, the conjunction to the sun, of course, which is our new moon, and then she's going to go on to oppose Uranus. Now, other than the new moon that is taking place, we are also going to have Mars square Saturn that day, and the sun is uh, basically ponying up to oppose Uranus um, as well. So there is... Uh, this new moon has a lot of uh, interesting energy that is seeding into it. So let's start with that Mars. So I'm going to go in order of uh, per- perfection here. So Mars square Saturn, you know, I was born with this, so <laughs> I feel it every day. Um, but Mars, you know, that's our focused action, you know, where we're driving ourselves, how we assert ourselves, when anger may come up um, or, you know, some sort of uh, incident or, or sometimes accidents, depending. Now, squares, these are always challenges. These bring events and action to the forefront. Um, and that action is happening around our commitments, you know, Saturnian things, uh, where we are building a foundation, uh, what the long term looks like, how we're structuring our life, what we're committed to, um, what we are taking authoritative action towards. Um, And so, you know, here we have the two malefics meeting in a tent square in the sky on the same day we have a new moon taking place and the sun is apexing to the opposition with Uranus. And so these are strong energies at play that are pushing our ability to discipline and endure. And it's likely we have felt this brewing for the majority of the week because Mars moves kind of slow. Now, we are challenged into action to turn the corner with where we are asserting ourselves. And if barriers come up this week, you can consider them to be fortuitous. For sometimes being stopped in your tracks can give you the time and space you need to re-examine that direction. Now, there can also be the desire to control your situation more than normal, especially under a Scorpio new moon here. Uh, So, you know, watch out with Mars in Libra for that, you know, can kind of create some combative situations in the relating department. Yet ultimately, I find this rather timely as this aspect leads us to the Scorpio new moon and helps to energize what we seek to accomplish moving forward. Because we do, you know, Scorpio traditionally is ruled by Mars, so that, that new moon is looking to this Mars squaring Saturn. And speaking of that new moon, it's going to be happening at four degrees and 25 minutes of Scorpio. Um, and, you know, with the new moon in Scorpio, we are receding into a dynamic lunation that has these signatures I'm speaking of at play for the entirety of the lunar month. Now, rather than talk about it extensively here, you know, stay tuned for the guest segment with Alicia coming up shortly because we're going to address the energies that will be at play. Uh, And just as a reminder, also, you know, consider signing up for my Lunation newsletter as I always write an in-depth article uh, on the new moons and the full moons that can be sent straight to your inbox. Uh, So to go and uh, sign up for that, you can find the form over at energeticprinciples.com. 
Now, lastly, we have that sun uh, opposition to Uranus. And so the sun, that's our life force energy. And that's our, you know, conscious awareness and where we turn a page. Uh, And of course, oppositions are always some sort of, you know, where we're confronted with an outside influence, you know, where we might be in a tug of war between something or we have to make a decision and we might need a bird's eye view in order to do that. And so what, where is the sun getting this across the room gaze from? And that is Uranus. Uranus is all about awakening, uh, which can be disruptive because if something comes to the surface, we're going to feel that restlessness and it could feel like a storm that is brewing within. But at the same time, it's trying to shake off old energy and liberate us, uh, you know, to free up and, you know, move on in our lives. So, Now, technically, this aspect apex is in the wee hours of Monday morning. But, you know, the second the sun moved into Scorpio on Wednesday and then the moon followed with a trine to Uranus, you know, chances are we were feeling this transit on the brew. Now, whenever this aspect forms in the skies, which is once a year, there is a sense of restlessness that takes over as we shine a spotlight on what we would like to rebel from in our lives or where we would like to free up and liberate our energy. And as this takes place in fixed signs, we are likely to be wanting to shake up, you know, some very fixed structures that can no longer carry on the way they are and are in need of innovation and shifts. And we are awakened, you know, to that, our pent-up energies at this time, and this conscious awareness will create the volcano that may be ready to blow. So, you know, if we use this influence positively, we can break away from old habits and ways of being that have just run their course, especially under a new moon in Scorpio. You know, we have the power of change here. And as this is an opposition, we must keep in mind that the part, you know, that part of the electric energy we may feel could come from outside of us and will carry on, you know, that relating theme that has been seemingly developing this whole week. So, you know, take your time and try to operate with care with whatever it is that you encounter, because this is a catalytic energy that can create situations that we can't really come back from. Yet, you know, sometimes that's a good thing, especially if it's time to move on in life. So the new moon is seeding in this signature and the energy will continue to play out through this lunar month. You know, so shake things up in productive ways, of course, uh, you know, before things shake you. So to wrap it all up here, you know, Scorpio season is officially here and we feel the shift of intensity in the air. And this week challenges the direction that we are headed to next. And there is likely to be pressure and restless energy that is felt as the lunar cycle quiets into introspection. So re-examine your commitments and honor the authentic awakenings that are happening at this time, for there are transformative energies that lie ahead. So now let's take a look at the cards because they always add a little extra something something to what I'm talking about here. And so I it was an interesting combination this week. I drew the Empress as the focus and the Queen of Wands as the grounding. Now, with the Empress as the focus, there is an emphasis on nurturing and kind of mother-like energies this week, where we are seeking to create harmony between spirit and matter. So there's a blossoming taking place and where we are likely to be ready to open up to the things our spirit needs in order to feel in the flow and be abundant in life. So new projects 
could be calling out this at this time to be embarked upon, or maybe our creative wellsprings and that fertility is springing up around us. Uh, and it's asking that we open our arms and be receptive to the energies that are at play. And as she is a representative of the Great Mother, you know, tap into your own specific needs and find ways to nurture them this week, for you will find that great growth follows once the right amount of care is given. Now, with the Queen of Wands as the grounding, much of what we are nurturing is likely to be centered around our passions and our goals in life and how we can co-create reality via personal power and creativity. So nurturing your sense of self-worth will be key, and you may have to stick to your guns in order to get what it is you need. So protect your inspirations and the fires that light your heart, for that is what makes us feel alive. Now, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the guinea pig. So here our little rodent friend is, you know, bringing cosmic love into our lives that helps support all matters of abundance. You know, that's very Venus trine Neptune, (laughs) I think, that we're having this week. For, you know, if we, so if we all come from a place of love in our hearts, which is not always easy to do, but when we do that, that is, that radiates out into the collective web and essentially helps further lift humanity. And that's why it's so important to live from the heart, because when we are not guided by love, we create stifled energy that can manifest in dark and unwanted scenarios in both our personal lives and the collective sphere. Now, on a personal note, I thought this was a very interesting animal for me to draw the first week of Scorpio season because, uh, you know, my Scorpio rising self, you know, Scorpio can be connected with death, you know, because it is this transitional type of energy. And I have to say that my first experience with death was actually through a guinea pig named Tiny. And so it's a crazy story. I'll tell it real quick uh, just because... You know, everyone has their first encounter with death. And mine was very uh, Uranian in many ways. So I had gotten this guinea pig uh, when I was 10 years old. It was gifted to me from my uh, neighbor, who was a, an older woman I hung out with. And uh, I was uh, it was my first pet. It was the first, you know, first time I had something to take care of myself. And I was over the moon, right? Now... The next day, I decided uh, in, more, in another Scorpio fashion, I'll be told my mom I was sick, and I was like, I wanted to stay home from school, but let us be real here. She, <laughs> I just wanted to hang out with the guinea pig. So I'm hanging out with the guinea pig. I'm putting a little barrette in its hair. I'm having a good old time. I'm watching TV. I was watching MTV, you know, just living the life of a 10-year-old. Now, Later that afternoon, I realized I started, I went, I had been petting my, you know, guinea pig for how long? And then I went to go pick him up and I realized that the animal was stiff as a board <laughs> and I did not know what to do. So all my instant reaction was I just screamed and I threw it at a wall and I ran out the door <laughs> to go to my neighbor's house. And of course, she wasn't home. And so I had to come back in and call my mom to ask her to come home. And so I hadn't even had this animal for 24 hours. And it had just died. And I had been petting a dead animal for God knows how long. So that's my first experience with both a guinea pig and death. So <laughs> I don't know how that, you know, 
comes into this particular story, but I thought, you know, the listeners might find that interesting. Um, so in the spirit of Scorpio and a little call to action, I'd love to hear, uh, you know, what your first experience uh, with death looked like in your life, because that's, it, it's an interesting initiation that we all go through that really connects us to our own mortality. So um, if you feel like sharing your story, I am all ears to hear it. All right, so a quick little uh, announcement board before we get to our guest segment here. So I will give a quick shout out to SDAS, San Diego Astrological Society, as we will have Adam Gainsberg, who is a fabulous astrologer, uh, come to give a lecture on all conjunctions are not created equal, which will happen on Friday, November 8th. So the lecture will start at 7 p.m. and will be at the Joyce Beers Center in Hillcrest if you'd like to come out. Also of note, uh, my last Astro Storytime was released last week, and so I did a special Halloween episode where I recapped the headlines from Pluto's station in the sky that happened on October 2nd, which, man, there were so many headlines, and you could really see the signature of Pluto at play. I also looked into the charts uh, for the Dallas cop uh, trial and and the verdict, uh, because that was a development that happened on uh, the Pluto station. Uh, And then I dive into Mr. Halloween himself, Tim Burton, and his relationships uh, with, you know, his working collaborations with both Johnny Depp and uh, Danny Elfman. So if you want to sign up, that's only $6 per month to support the program and to support this podcast. So head on over to patreon.com backslash energetic principles. And lastly, as you know, I'm working behind the scenes to get some upcoming course offerings underway. But in the meantime, I have set up a page over at my uh, website uh, to let people uh, sign up for a priority notification list and to receive my Astro Basics cheat sheet, which has a cheat sheet of the planets, uh, the, um, what am I trying to say here? The planets, the signs, and I think the planet signs aspects. I think that's what I did. I'm blanking right now. Anyways, if you want to go find out more about that um, and download that cheat sheet and get your uh, name on that priority notification list, you can do so over at energeticprinciples.com backslash learn. Uh, all right. So, you know, let let us uh, end this segment. <laughs> I get so tongue-tied here recently. Um, and let's get to a juicy Scorpio season and let us meet our guest. All right. I am so happy to welcome this week's very special guest. We have Alicia Youssef with us here today. Thank you for joining me, Alicia. My pleasure. It's so lovely to be on. Yes. I like, uh, in, she is one of the one of three of the trio of the water uh, water trio <laughs> podcast. Our Australian lovelies from down under here, um, which I'm so happy to have her on the program. A fellow Scorpio energy to talk about Scorpio season here. Um, but before we get started, Alicia, will you tell the listeners a little bit of, uh, about yourself? Sure. Um, well, hello to everybody. And it's so awesome to be on this podcast that I like to listen to. And I'm an astrologer and counsellor. Um, I come from a background actually in working with clients and addictions and kind of using spirituality as a tool towards recovery with that, which I feel dovetails so nicely into the astrology, you know, kind of helping people find purpose and meaning within their life and to craft a, a better life and you know what gets more Scorpio than that really uh, <laughs> yes that's and a, I'm a 
Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go no, go ahead. <laughs> the Mars energy is strong with this one. <laughs> yes, it is. You have all that Mars, those Mars signs activating, right? Yes, yes. The Mars is very strong with this one. Um, so I do tend to get a little enthusiastic. Um, but what else about myself? I'm a consulting astrologer. I trained in modern psychological, but I come from a traditional background now using a lot of the tools and techniques. I just find them, you know, along with the modern, it just adds this beautiful empathetic sensitive, but with the really practical tools and insights to be able to give to clients as well. So I really love that. And I teach and I run workshops and um, speak at events and things like that. And as you spoke about, you know, I'm one third of the water trio, so I'm the Scorpio leg. Um, <laughs> Cass is the Cancer and Kel's the Pisces. So yeah, it's just- I love it. Yeah. So how perfect with your, uh, you know, I love the blend of traditional and, and the modern techniques as well because you know, as Capricorn Moon, I, you know, having those Earth planets, mm. I love some practical tools, <laughs> right? And the the traditional aspect definitely helps bring that bring that to the forefront. But of course, our Scorpio energy, because Alicia has that Scorpio sun, right? Uh, And then I have that Scorpio rising. Of course, we're always going to be attracted to the psychological component. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why when I first studied astrology and then I kind of had my first clients, I mean, this is way back in, I'm going to show my age now, about 16 years ago. I got in front of my first clients and went, holy, I need to go and study counselling because I need to be able to sit with clients. And I think that's just it. I don't know if you find it, but I just tend to attract clients who want that deeper work, who want that more, you know, to go into those more intense, pressured places. So I just wanted to have the skill set to help them do that. I and you know I think that is because you know Scorpio can be a very magnetic energy and and, and attract you know I like attracts like so we are the type of people that are perfect to deal with you know the, the maybe the deeper and issues that you know in life and and sometimes taboo ones like that yeah. thing is like I'll have clients sometimes and they'll tell me things that you know normally if you heard it on the street you might stop a second kind of turn your head and look at my what um, but you know I I am. I'm just, you know, especially with Uranus on the Ascendant, I'm so naturally just accepting of people and their ways and their quirks and their situations. And I think that I personally, I attract people that um, have unusual situations or, you know, might be a little different from society or even trying to go deep and a lot of purpose oriented, you know, consultations, you know, what, what, why am I here? What does this all mean? And, you know, it's not, those questions aren't for, you know, the faint of heart per se, you know, you have to go deep to answer those types of things. So now hundred yeah, percent relate. <laughs> so now this begs the question then, since I've been asking everybody that comes on the podcast, you know, what sparked their interest in astrology or what was like that, you know, that moment where you're like, oh my God, this is, what is this? So what did that look like for you, Alicia? I think that it was actually around being a Scorpio. So it was like those, those whispered conversations in the back row at school. And one of my friends said to me, oh yeah, you're such a Scorpio. And I said, why? She's like, oh, you're mysterious. And you've got this really piercing, intense gaze. And I'd like, it was the first time I'd ever even thought about myself like that. You know, being an Aries rising, I was more aligned with that. So I did a bit more digging and I was always interested all the way through uni and even when I was traveling overseas. But it wasn't until I had my Saturn return 
that I was literally forced into it. I was really unhappy with where I was working at the time. And I, a friend said, why don't you come and just study this astrology stuff with me? I'd be really keen. So I did and met this amazing teacher, Parampara, who Kelly and Cass have both studied with as well and went on to form a beautiful friendship with those girls and just loved astrology ever since. So I studied for a long time and then I think I hung out my shingle back in 2006. So it was just a really, um, it just helped me make meaning of my life. And then in talking to others, I saw how much it helped them make meaning in theirs. And I just thought, like, what could be better than that? Mm, I love it. That's so, that's so perfect. What could be better than that? You know, we thrive on those, you know, especially Scorpio energy, it thrives on that connection and especially being able to, you know, help people in such profound ways. That's a, that's a really, that's a gift in in many respects. Um, So I love that story. And I love that uh, now I have another person to share with the Saturn return moment, because that was kind of the moment that I started in this too. And so I'm noticing all these early, you know, Jupiter, first Jupiter return bloomers, or maybe even second Jupiter return. But there's some of us Saturn return people out there (laughs) uh, that, you know, the moment was right then. So, or at least like journey down that path. So yeah, um, we'll ask Pluto and Libras had to take our time with things a little bit, you know, more, you know, check out yeah. all the, check out all the, all right the options. First. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh yeah. my God. Oh, the, the, uh, Pluto and Libra, you know, indecision has been real recently with, with the, what has been in the skies, you know, for us Pluto and Libra people, I feel like this past Libra season has, was, kind of something, especially in the, uh, you know, weighing options and the decision-making process. I don't know about you, if you've kind of felt that at all, but it was rougher. <laughs> yeah. And, and pressured it, I think, cause it was that midway point between, you know, as has been dubbed the meat grinder of June, <laughs> July <laughs> and what we're looking forward to December, January, it just felt like it was like, okay, like there's the pressure. Do I make this decision now or do I stick with what I've got? Like which option do I choose and who do I need to collaborate with? And yeah. And, and all the things I think, you know, we've talked, we talk a bit on the water trio about the buffet of crazy. And it just is like, you know, there's, it's like, you're at the buffet of crazy. How many choices are you going to make? And what are the consequences of those choices going to be? So <laughs> the Aries wants you to choose everything. The Libra's like, I don't really know. The Capricorn's like, think of the long term. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, That's so funny. The buffet of crazy. I feel like, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I feel like I've been at a buffet with the, with the crazy, including myself. You know, there's been a lot of back and forth, a lot of back and forth too. That's the thing is like, you know, sometimes in these scenarios where I felt like there was a decision being made, but then you know, oh, twisting and turning. You know, that cardinal pivot point where it's like, oh, you, you think it's going this way? Well, <laughs> one eighty uh, occasionally yeah. too, and you know, not just outside of myself, but even inside myself. You know, like one day I'm like. This is the, this is what I'm doing. These are the decisions. Two days later, it's like I'm you know just undoing everything to you know. Oh, but hold on, wait about this. So I'm looking forward to this Scorpio season in the in 
in the sense that <laughs> hopefully it will help, you know, solidify some of those um, decisions we've been trying to make or, you know, changes we've been, are, you know, going forth in our life. Because that seems to be the number one thing I'm seeing with everyone is turning a page, going, you know, yeah. it just is what it is, you know, with all that Saturn Pluto squares that happened with Libra season. So, you know, what can we expect with Scorpio? So, <laughs> okay. Now that, so since you're a Scorpio expert here, mm-hmm. Alicia, tell us, tell us a little bit about, you know, Scorpio, you know, everyone's favorite sign. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think the imagery of Scorpio, you know, this is fixed water. So this is the deep ocean. I always think about, you know, I, I'm actually an environmental scientist as well and specialize Ooh. in marine biology. So um, one of the things I always think about are those deep ocean currents that come up from the depths and bring nutrients to the surface. Mm. And we might not necessarily know what's down there, but without it, there wouldn't be the life at the top. I'm a scuba diver or I have been since my early 20s. And I remember the first time I went diving in Indonesia and the, we were in all the pretty, you know, the, the Finding Nemo reefs at the top. But on resort dives, often you don't go deep first time. You usually stay within six mm-hmm. metres. My first dive, I was like down at 18 metres. I was like, come oh, on, no, I want to go deep. I want to understand what's down there. I want to see what's in those places. Like this is all pretty and nice, Libra season, mm-hmm. but now it's time to go deep. Let's have a look at those different things that are underneath. And I feel like, you know, Scorpio is really willing to do that. It's like, I want to know what's in the hidden spaces. I want to know what hides in the caves and the caverns of things. Because if I don't, if I don't lift that proverbial rug, those things might trip me up mm. or crawl out at a later stage and, you know, the scorpion quite literally sting me in the butt. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, I like I love the idea of, you know, the nutrients coming up from from the bottom, you know, because we that's the fascinating things about, you know, our planet is the fact that the bottom of the oceans, (laughs) you know, that's like the most unexplored area that that exists on our planet. We know more about space than we do about our own, you know, depths, Mm. basically. Um, And so that's interesting that the idea of the nutrients coming to the surface that is necessary uh, you know, to really support the life that's here because Scorpio just in general, you know, this is our kind of our decay season. This is the, at least here. And that's the thing that's different because we have to remember, and it always trips me up to think about, you know, uh, <laughs> Alicia on the other side of the world there. And, and this is essentially your springtime, right? Yeah. So Scorpio has a totally different, you know, meaning or not different. We're we're agreeing definitely on the themes that you just brought up, but it's interesting to think of in terms of the season, because I was thinking, you know, Scorpio, we're, you know, decaying to the sense of like compost. And, you know, we need those nutrients to basically, uh, you know, give that, that soil what it needs so that when it's time to come back up, then we have, it, you know, it has that sustenance. So it, it's kind of a reverse way of um, the nutrients that you were saying that were coming up from mm. the bottom of the, so that's, I don't know. That's just interesting to think about. So Scorpio is very springy for you. How does that feel? <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's a conversation that um, I've had with a few astrologers from the Southern Hemisphere. It's like, for example, Sagittarius season is always party season. I don't think it matters which hemisphere you're in. It's yeah. like it's always that excitement and, and getting out there and having fun. But I still see that, you know, there is that sense here in the Southern, southern Hemisphere of, 
of being with things in deep way. You know, the fixed signs are always the midway point in the season. So it's that point now where spring is really well and truly here. And we have this huge storm season here um, where I live. So it is that kind of the Scorpio, there's the heaviness of the humidity and all of that coming through and then a storm will wash all that away, usually with a big burst of water. And then, you know, you, you're going into something new, but it's like you have to be in this intensity of the storm um, to the point where it shakes the house um, to be able to get something new to come in. So, yeah, I feel like it's, yes, it's not the traditional leaves falling from the trees kind of Scorpio energy, but it's absolutely there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yes. With the big storm coming in and kind of washing away thing, that definitely speaks to uh, just intense water energy and that fixity yes. that you're talking about. Because either way oh, yeah. you, you slice it, you know, we're looking at fixed energies that are trying to stabilize themselves in some way here. Um, so yeah, I have a feeling that we will be diving deep for this, you know, as it is with most Scorpio seasons. But we have an interesting lineup uh, to share <laughs> that yes. will might be asking us to maybe, you know, put a little more effort into that shovel or maybe even forced to <laughs> to some extent here. Um, so yes. basically we have the sun moving into Scorpio on October 23rd there. And then pretty much, uh, you know, almost out the gate, we have that new moon in Scorpio, um, which is going to coincide with Mars squaring Saturn and then also the sun opposing Uranus, um, which, you know, Th- thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. It's going to be the new moon to end all new moons, really. No, not quite. But I think, you know, if we start with the fact that really this whole Scorpio season, most of it is going to be with Mars in Libra. Mm-hmm. And so there is this tension of Mars, which rules Scorpio traditionally, coming from a traditional astrologer. It's like, I always think about it like the iron fist in the velvet glove. And, you know, some celebrities that have this, Margaret Thatcher, um, who was that UK prime minister who pushed a lot through, uh, Nicole Kidman, Oliver Stone, they're all people who have this very controlled nature, this very controlling way. All of them have Scorpio rising with Mars and Libra. So there's this kind of sense with this whole season that, we're going to have to control things and hold things in um, and there will be that tension between what we want and what actually needs to happen. And I think that Mars square to Saturn especially will highlight that even more and so bring that in through that whole new moon of like, okay, well, do we have the stamina and the endurance and, and take our time to push through and, and to, to get what we really want? So Mars wants what it wants, but Saturn's like, okay, but we've got to take our time. We've got to do it properly. We need to have, you know, the long term in, in process. So it's like that energy of go slow to go fast, mm. um, making sure you really can push things through and drive things through to the end point. Um, is really my feeling of that whole Mars square to Saturn with that. Um, So it's like, okay, let's have a look at all the things we've let go of. Let's have a look at all these things that the the Saturn in in Capricorn has forced us to come to terms with, the consequences we've faced and the things we've had to do. And, And, okay, let's process it. Remember, Scorpio is the processing sign the scorpion will pull things into, it pulls its prey into small bite-sized pieces so it can digest it. 
Mm. And I find, you know, this is the beauty of Scorpio season now, all of what you were talking about with Libra. It's like now we can sit and digest it. Let's pull it apart, see what we want and, and process it all to go forward with. So I feel like this new moon will really offer that pivot point for that, um, especially with that sun Uranus opposition. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Sunday rock. And, you know, I think we've already gotten kind of a flavor of it at this point, too, because we have to remember that, you know, Mercury's already opposed this, you know, energy. Venus opposed it on the full moon uh, in Aries. Um, and so we've gotten little hits of the Uranus action. And, yeah. and so I think when the sun comes around, it's almost just solidifying, you know, the, the page turning that much more and we just become aware yeah. You know, especially with the Mars square Saturn, like you're saying, you know, there's, uh, we are at this pivot point where we are kind of challenged with our next course of action or pushing through what it is we've been working on. And even thinking about it now, I was kind of thinking about just like uh, you know, the Mars Saturn cycle placement. And it dawned on me that when I started this podcast, um, I, that was when uh, Mars and Saturn were conjunct. Um, oh. and, uh, on my moon, to say the least. But you know that, that you know that was back in April 2018. So there's kind of a longer, longer picture, a longer story that's at play with some of the you know the decision making process and the and the questioning what we're putting our effort into. Um, and then you know when Sun is opposing Uranus, right? You know, and and the thing is, is Mercury is also stationing a few days later, which we'll talk about here in a second because that's a whole other thing. That's it's literally it. all the things, isn't it? Yes, I know. Like, what what isn't going on in this new moon is the question. Um, but I think that with that kind of test and and of the test of our effort in this long term, you know, decision making process that we're sitting with right now, which Mars, you know, Mars is the last in line. You know, the, uh, we've had yeah. the Sun that's squared here. We've had Mercury and Venus. And so I feel like Mars is kind of like, all right, well, I've weighed all the options. I've seen it, this, this, and now I just got to do it. You know, yeah. <laughs> now I just got to do it. Um, yeah. And so Uranus is going to help. Uh, hopefully, you know, in some cases, I wonder if it's going to help free us up to do it, you know, because mm. if we have, you know, a stabilized routines, that Taurus energy that we've just been, you know, working ourselves towards or just, you know, these really fixed patterns, ways of being, um, if that will kind of give us the green light to free up some of, um, uh, you know, some of the old commitments or old ways of just kind of, you know, plodding along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and and perhaps new insights drop in too about how we've used to do, do things and how that hasn't worked for us and that whole idea, you know, because Mars in Libra against Saturn in Capricorn, you know, Mars is not comfortable in Libra. It's trying to be the diplomat. The, it's the warrior who's the diplomat and it, it's not a comfortable thing. And I think he's going to kind of come off second best with this. It's like... Mm there will be that fear to kind of assert yourself. And, and really, he just wants to do all the pleasurable Libra things. And yet Saturn's coming along and, and cracking the whip going, but we've got to keep our nose to the grindstone here. You know, you need to be focused on where you're going to go. So I feel like the Uranus, the, the Sun-Uranus opposition is going to kind of wake us up from a bit of a, a dream state or maybe a, a zombie state to go, okay, you know, it's that catalyst we were talking about in pre-show chat. Where will that, what will that lightning strike be for you that will help you go, 
okay, I need to assert myself here, but I don't need to put any energy into that anymore. That's done. That's closed. That's off. Okay, where am I going to go now? What am I going to do? And so I guess with this new moon, it's like taking that and embodying that and, and going, okay, I'm going to start manifesting in that area of where I want to put newness in and where I want to break free and, and be more myself mm. um, and assert myself in perhaps it's a soft, gentle way, but still assert yourself um, because really at the end of the day, we are such a gift, each single one of us. So if we can't put ourselves out there and if we can't shine our light, then who else is going to do it for us? Nobody else. No one's going to do it for you. No one can. No one can. No. And yeah, so there is, there is a, a bit of a kind of, pull yourself up <laughs> from, from the bootstraps. And I really think that actually, you know, and, and of course, Alicia and I are talking about this, you know, shortly after we just had a full moon in Aries, you know, we're kind of ahead of the game before this will air. But I think that part of that, you know, prior illumination was kind of setting the stage for that by making yeah. it very clear, you know, where, you know, where we can shine for ourselves and need to do that and what the self is asking emotionally and, you know, in its own needs. And that really, you know, sets the precursor for this um, new moon energy that is so, so strong in many ways, but this is just the start. That's the thing is the new moon is just, you know, we're confronted with these aspects and kind of this, uh, you know, quiet space, even though I have a feeling it won't be as quiet as we would like it to be. (laughs) Um, but then we go into this Mercury retrograde period. And so, you know, we have uh, the new moon that takes place on October 27th, the following day on the 28th. And keep in mind, dates may vary if you're in, uh, in Australia, because uh, a little bit of a time, almost the maximum amount of time difference between <laughs> me and you, Alicia. Yes, um, yes. But um, so... So then, you know, a few days after, we're, we're basically going to have Mercury conjunct Venus uh, on October 30th. Um, and then Mercury is going to retrograde on Halloween here uh, on October 31st. And so here comes, so how about that new moon for fodder for uh, Mercury retrograde? Yeah. yeah, totally. I really feel like, I feel like we won't have all the information for the new moon and that's the beauty of the Uranus piece it's like okay let's be with the unknown let's Mm. be willing to kind of dwell with things be with things turn a bit internal which is what mercury retrograde is and but be ready to be flexible be ready to be dynamic in the month ahead and that's why i think that new moon while in many ways it's going to be intense i mean it's copy of course (laughs) (laughs) who are we kidding here (laughs) yeah exactly it always is but it's, it, it can be that space where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for change and I don't really know what that's going to look like, but I'm going to leave the space. And that's what I've, like, I've written here in my notes, space, like spaced out of just let's leave space for change to come in to be whatever it needs to be, not what we want, but what it wants and what it needs, what the future needs in a way, if that makes sense. That makes complete, complete sense. Uh, Because that's what, you know, essentially the Mercury retrograde period is for, is it gives us this time to process. And it is very valuable time. You know, instead of looking at it like, oh, you know, technology is going to fail or we can't do this or don't sign this. Mm -hmm. or You know, this is is the universe giving us essentially this um, break 
to where we can process what we need to process. And so, you know, there's a lot of, you know, dynamic energy as we're talking about that's going through Scorpio season, but there is kind of a backseat energy that wants you to pull, you know, I love the idea of space and pulling back and giving yourself, um, time to work with that uncertainty or time to get clear on things because we have a lot of information that's going to give us these psychic hits is what we're, you know, like we just said with the new moon. And then especially with Mercury making conjunction to Venus, right? As it's, he's stationing or it's stationing there. Um, And so here we get this kind of hit of desire energy too. And our Mm. own, you know, passions are activated mentally in the sense to where we kind of get to chew on that and mull over um, that. So, you know, yes. what's, what's your take on that Mercury, uh, Venus conjunction and especially right at the station? Yeah, well, it, it really reminds me of mid-September, which is remember when Mercury and Venus crossed from Virgo into Libra together yes. and it's like, and they've, they've really remained fairly close the whole way through Libra season. And it's almost like Mercury held the queen's hand as she crossed over into her own land. And now I feel like it's like she's almost saying, like sending the messenger backwards. She's dropped something in the dark woods and she's like, can you please go and, and, and get it for me? I'll send you with my love, with my heart, but please go back and fetch it for me. And it's almost like Mercury's now, he's had that kiss of the benefic of of Venus, you know, she always offers her sweetness and her honey. So I feel like as Mercury retrogrades backwards, it's like we're doing it with our heart. We're doing it from a space of, I really want to know about myself so I can learn how to relate to others or be with others. And this may not necessarily be just in intimate relationships, um, but any of our relationships, but it's how can we dwell within ourselves and dwell within our heart more to really understand ourselves better and be in that intimate space that Scorpio can offer in a way that's honest, open and genuine. So... Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that she's dropping something along for Mercury to go back and retrieve. That is lovely. That is such a great imagery. Um, And, you know, and I think you know, it's also interesting about this, Alicia, is that when I was looking at the degree of, uh, you know, the station and these two meeting, Mm. I was like, I, you know, I looked up the Sabian symbol for it because I'm always looking at the symbols. Um, and I was like, why does the Sabian symbol so familiar to me? You know, 28 degrees Scorpio, which is mm. the king of the fairies approaching his domain, which is interesting. Oh, wow. So it talks about the kingdom within. But then it mm-hmm. dawned on me that this was the exact degree for our full moon, our Taurus full moon that happened on May 18th earlier this year. Ah. So, you know, of course there could be, and I'm always (laughs) stretching to see how the story might play out there, but you know, if you do remember back to, you know, mid-May, it doesn't hurt to kind of look back just at, you know, what might've been triggered at that time in reference of just, you know, cause the, the sun was, um, or sorry, the moon was there to help, you know, light us up with some sort of energy that sits at this particular point of the Zodiac. So I'm just wondering if maybe there will be some, you know, continuations of stories or some more past brought up, but that also speaks well with what you just said, you know, like coming back to kind of uh, review that. Yeah, totally. I always love having a look back at that, you know, that new moon and looking back at the previous full moon or looking, it's a really great way to deal with it. And it's, yeah, so that was that um, full moon in Scorpio back in May. It will be really yeah. interesting to see how that potentially is playing out. And it's always great 
to have a look back at the intention. If you do set intentions regularly, have a look at potentially what you were doing under that full moon in Scorpio and then that can help inform intentions yeah. now for this new moon. But um, especially with the Mercury retrograde and the, the fairy, mm-hmm. I love it, the, the king well, of the fairies it's, like, it's so intuitive. Yeah. And isn't that what Mercury retrograde is? And this has been what I've loved has been the gift of all these Mercury retrogrades this year with them all in the water signs mm-hmm. is it's really getting us offline, really getting us away from the logical and into the intuitive. And I, I, that's going to be one of the biggest gifts, I think, of this Mercury retrograde. It's like we're not only going to do it in a Pisces way and, yes, the cancer season was kind of crazy so it was wrapped <laughs> up in everything else, but now it's almost like it's got a clear slate to do it on its own and, and let's really listen to that voice within. Let's try to understand what our intuition is trying to tell us and, mm. and get to know it and bring it into our day-to-day lives. Mm, that, well, and that's so interesting to think about when we think about this year's uh, Mercury retrogrades just in general, because, you mm. know, the Pisces, here we had this mutable and this transitionary type of energy. Cardinal mm. comes around. What are we starting? What are, you know, re-going, uh, going back over uh, just kind of the, the new beginnings that might have uh, kind of coalesce from that Pisces period. And here we are in the stabilizing energy where we can use our intuition to kind of tap into what it is that now, you know, now that we've been going over these, the, these quality of life, uh, you know, situations mentally and, and I've loved them too. And it, maybe it's because we're water signs and we're appreciating these, you know, <laughs> these moments to kind of pull within and, and really collect yeah. in our own personal energies. Um, but it's an interesting succession to kind of have that mutable, the cardinal to then fixed um, in yeah. a, in, what seems like a you know productive very productive retrogrades but you know what's interesting about that full moon back in in taurus the last thing i'll say about that is that was the full moon that had venus conjunct uranus on it um and uh, also mercury is, was in its superior conjunction to the sun too so both of those planets were oh, at cool. play in the full yeah. moon so you know pull it back See, you know, if it resonates, it resonates. If not, you know, maybe it will when when it stations. Mm. But I just thought, you know, that's that's interesting. So, because this is the inferior conjunction, this Mercury retrograde, isn't it? Mm. The, so it, it is that flip of the okay, the stories and what will be happening. Yes. And well, and it'll be the second time around since it's, we've had a couple, you know, since Mercury's out doing his thing so fast there. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but still, yeah, that kind of the superior versus the, the inferior is, has an interesting dynamic, especially within this context as we're going back over um, in this Mm. valuable space. I think, I think this Mercury retro is going to be very valuable and, and really because, it's going to go back over and uh, basically sextile Pluto, trying Neptune and sextile Saturn. So basically Mercury is making three passes, um, you know, over a period of time to, to some of these plants, especially Saturn and Pluto, which gave us a lot of, you know, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of action in Libra season. So... And we'll continue to in this one, but just through more gentle sextiles, at least. <laughs> exactly. Well, it yeah. feels like it's workable at this point, or we yeah. can find that stabilization and really be able to mull over it in a way that then becomes uh, more productive and kind of gives us those breadcrumbs and those clues um, a- along the way kind of, that maybe Venus dropped <laughs> before yes. she met, you know. Uh, yeah. So... 
So yeah, it should be an interesting Halloween for for sure for the Mercury Station. Now, do you uh, does Halloween commence in Australia? It does. It does. We, it, every year we become more and more Halloweenish here in Australia, and it's um, my little my daughter actually hates that we live out in the country because we don't really do it where we are. So we drive down to our nearest town so she can go and trick or treat with everybody else. But it's it's definitely a thing here. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting because really if we think about what Halloween is too, it's literally opening the doorways to the dead. And it's the idea of what can we intuitively pick up and, and how can we have messages from ancestors, messages from the other side. Um, I feel like it's such an interesting period of time to be starting this Mercury Mercury retrograde on. It really is. But, you know, celestial timing is always divine, yes. I suppose. <laughs> so, so basically we have this Mercury retrograde, um, mm-hmm. you know, and we're about a week into Scorpio season at this point. And so Mercury will station and, and you know, do his thing going the opposite direction, but then Venus is going to move into Sagittarius. And so we'll get a different, she'll immediately give us, you know, this different flavor. And so I, what do you, what do you think about that kind of like, let me meet Mercury and now I'm off to the fireland. <laughs> yes. And look, I always love when Venus in Sag, like she's just so fiery and out there. And I think as well, it's, this love of freedom and this love of exploration and this love of opening up her mind and, and meeting new and unusual and different things. And um, I'm wanting to just seek higher truth. I always see her as a truth seeker mm. really in this, in this sign, but wanting to bring everything, everyone else along with it. So, um, and as well, you know, she's going to be in there with, with Jupiter. Like as yeah. soon as she moves in, this is the two benefics in a sign-based conjunction. Um, there can't be much better than that really. And I think, you know, many of us have been looking forward to this all year of like, okay, this is like squeezing the last juice out of Jupiter and <laughs> yeah. before it moves off. Um, so I feel like, you know, we're really going to get a chance to make the most of whatever projects we've been working on, whatever things you've been doing with Jupiter and Sag, this is an awesome time to make the most of it because I think she comes up and kisses. It's in Sag season, doesn't it, when yeah. they actually conjunct? But it's still just the energy of the two there together. Um, you know, it's that real, I think Kelly Surti says it, the cosmic honey um, that is able to be produced by the two of them together will be something to make the most of. So while we're diving deep, there is going to be also this lovely Sagittarius piece that's going to keep us focused on the, the higher purpose mm. for it all. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, I I think that's definitely a blessing to you know move along the the Scorpio season energy and especially once Mercury starts retrograding because then you know we're starting to open up to a little bit of more optimism we're seeing like you know the bigger picture here uh, and we're getting that that sweetness and you know she is she's going to be moving towards Jupiter you know the whole all of Scorpio season and it won't be about I think like three days after uh, Sag mm. season starts um, that she will make that conjunction to Jupiter and she will be the last planet to make a conjunction to Jupiter. Um, 
while it's in Sagittarius. So yeah. this is kind of like you said, like kind of Jupiter's kind of farewell, you know, and what a farewell, I have to say, you know, the two of them meeting in the skies. We'll have to wait till, yeah. you know, the beginning of Sagittarius season for <laughs> that, that moment moment. But like you said, Alicia, I think once she moves in there, um, we'll just, we'll just have more Sagittarius on the plate and we're going to, we're going to be feeling uh, and open to very open, (laughs) I'm sure to all that is offered. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be navel gazing, but with, with optimism, optimism and hope. Yes. Yes. Which will speak to our, uh, you know, the full moon that will come there uh, in Taurus. But before we get there, (laughs) before we get there, you know, uh, we have basically, we basically have Mars who's going to square Pluto, which uh, mm. so we've already had Mars square Saturn at that new moon that we talked about. And then um, here comes Mars to square Pluto, which is always a, an interesting combination there on November 5th, uh, really around the same time that we have um, a first quarter moon in Aquarius too. Um it, it looks like that's what's going on there. Yes. So, uh, you know, Thoughts on Mars meeting Pluto, especially at a first quarter position. It seems very activating. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think it will be a bit different. Like, it, I don't know, there's kind of a, um, especially with that, the moon in Aquarius, there's this ruthlessness that comes along sometimes with Mars in Pluto. And I feel like there'll be it'll be like this neutral ability to look at things you know mars is the certain mars is a it's a sharp edge so it can be the surgeon's knife that we can use to cut to heal or we can use it like the warrior's knife to harm and i feel like the positive way to use this is to cut away the dead wood that we've been identifying and looking for this whole year really is you know we can actually use this like a, like the surgeon's knife to cut away that you know sorry for the imagery, but it's so scorpion, you know, the putrescent flesh of a wound so that that wound can then then heal beautifully um, and, and we can go forward with this. So, you know, if it's relationships in your life that are holding you back or, um, you know, projects or, or things that you've put on your plate, it, it's really a chance to go, okay, what is or isn't going to survive this Pluto transition? Because, you know, Pluto needs the truth. Pluto needs honesty and Mars offers that. So I feel like we're really going to see things with, with real Capricorn clarity of, okay, what can survive and what can't and I'm just going to have to ruthlessly abandon what is not going to work. Mm, yes, I totally agree. You know, I feel like the truth sort of definitely going to come out at that point. Mm. Um, you know, and because this is essentially the last planet to come around and, and make this, you know, this intense aspect, which is all leading us to the, you know, the January 12th Saturn Pluto conjunction and really, of yeah. course, the, those eclipse seasons that are happening. So this is kind of, it seems like this Mars movement on November 5th, especially right near that first quarter is, is kind of, you know, putting the, <laughs> putting the, you know, I, why do I want to say nail in the coffin? I'm really getting, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting too into Scorpio here. I, so don't take that too literally, but you know, I, that is going to be a significant turning point in many ways, and especially on the future dynamic. Because if we think about yeah. a first quarter moon in Aquarius, you know, it'll, it's going to give us the detachment needed to maybe yeah. make some hard calls or some hard decisions. Um, and 
and then we'll have had a little bit, of, you know, Mercury's still doing its thing. So we're going back over, but, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, cause all these Scorpio planets are essentially, like you said, you know, it's looking to Mars, like Mars is kind of, you know, we're talking about Scorpio here, but there's still this Libra flavor that is really pushing yeah. on through. Um, yeah. and so I, I feel that truth oriented, you know, kind of it's bubbling to the surface here. We can't deny it any longer. Um, we're going to have to find that balance between, you know, that clear cut, concise, you know, directive action and how that works with just integrating that with other people, you know, how <laughs> are we doing this in a diplomatic way? It, when yeah. in some ways, me, you know, we might be in a position where there, the, the catch 22 is, is that there isn't a compromise, you know, because yeah. sometimes if you have to do something for yourself and you have to make a hard call, that doesn't always leave room for compromise. And I'm wondering if some people might find themselves in that situation. Yeah, or a compromise that's real, not a not a pretend. Let's do things nice compromise, yeah. but a compromise that's real and looks realistic. And you know, I often talk to clients about in relationships, the way to keep things clear and clean is to make contracts. Um, so there's no expectation, there's no judgment. So it's like, okay, well, how can I? How can we actually make? Yeah, a compromise that will work for us both, or if we can't. You know, what's the future going to look like from there? If, it, if there is no way to compromise in this situation, then what's the, what's the truth of the situation? What can we honestly say to each other about where we're going to go next? So I think that, you know, that moon in Aquarius, I always love the forensic quality it offers. Um, so there can be that detachment to the situation that kind of goes, well, it's, it's make or break. You know, I think... Mm. The, the nail in the proverbial coffin analogy you used was kind of perfect for this one. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the death now for the entire relationship, yeah. but that particular situation where you're needing to join together. It might just be having to look for a whole new way of doing it, and that's the beauty of Aquarius. It can find really unusual problem-solving techniques to bring new things to the table. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, and that's, that's, yeah, that is the blessing of that, uh, that Aquarius energy there. So uh, I'm thinking that we'll have, you know, kind of an emotional push uh, and challenge around what we see and envision ourselves going forward. And then, you know, how we're going to fix these situations. That's, that would be the question. And I love the contract, the, the contract idea, especially in relationships. Mm. It's how Libra Capricorn is that <laughs> Really, let us write that. Let us write a contract about this right now. That because it's true, you know. If you get it all, because that's a lot of times where we trip up in life, um, mm -hmm. and and especially with uh, I've noticed with maybe water energy or <laughs> or yes. sometimes you know it just assumes or it has expectations of certain mm -hmm. things. But um, unless you have put that clearly out there, yeah. uh, that was, that's not necessarily going. You're not, <laughs> you're not going to manifest it back to you. So getting. Getting that conversation out on the table um, might be part of this as well, because, you know, not too long after we have the sun coming around to make a sextile to Saturn on the same day it trines Neptune on the same day that Saturn <laughs> sextiles Neptune. Uh, so November 8th through November 9th here, we're really looking at 
uh, I feel like it's almost a culmination or this kind of finalizing energy around all the Neptune, you know, the Jupiter square Neptune action we've had for 2019. Uh, Saturn's making the last sextile. And then the sun's coming around. Well, well, let me light this up for you. So, I mean, what, what's your take on that, Alicia? What do you think uh, this aspect's going to bring to the table? Yeah, it's quite the cosmic sandwich, really, isn't it, that the sun will find itself in that day. And I think, you know, Neptune dissolves and it's in the middle there trying to dissolve away at this Capricornian energy. And I feel like, you know, in one way we'll want to be, um, you know, here, you know, like an ostrich putting its head in the sand about things. But its taskmasters on either side offering as guards are literally the Saturn and the Pluto as they're coming together to meet even closer. So I feel like the opportunity is to really dissolve away with what the sun is showing us clearly um, any old structures that that I think the Saturn Pluto are contracting on already. We're seeing this already worldwide and globally how, you know, a lot of the old guard, a lot of the old governments, a lot of the old traditions are no longer working for us anymore. So this is a chance for things almost to be dissolved from the inside out Mm -hmm. and looking at our own worldview, our own idealistic structures on things and thinking, really does that work anymore? And, and what do I want to do? What are my vision new structures um, to be able to look at things and looking deep to go there? It's like, what's your first principle? What, what are your deep values? What are your ethics as a human? And therefore, how can they help you build a new way of being and a new structure going forward, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. And I, you know, I just took a, a workshop with Christopher Renstrom over the weekend uh, where he was looking at a newer look at an older devil with Saturn. And he was, uh, oh, he was, cool. he was uh, going back in, you know, uh, the annals of history and, and, and really painting Saturn, um, you know, in, in interesting lights. And well, you know, one of the things that he brought up uh, is just the repetitive nature of Saturn. Um, and because, you know, that's the thing is like, we find our ourselves in certain obstacles and we, you know, we bang our heads against certain walls or we have these routines that don't serve us um, because we're constantly being faced with the Saturnian aspect that's like, okay, well, this is, you know, when, you know, the definition of insanity, as they say, is like doing the same thing over and yes. over again. So, so I, you know, I, I am, am on, you know, in the same camp as you as like the, the being able to dissolve some of these repetitive situations that we may have found ourselves in, whether it's a literal situation or just something that we encounter within ourselves uh, because there's always that fear dynamic that comes up with Saturn too. Um, And so I'm hoping that that does give us the green light to kind of get rid of these, maybe some of these old structures or these old repetitive ways of being um, to help us then maybe take some of this visionary energy that Neptune can bring. And, and, you know, because Neptune is essentially a dream energy or at least the way that I look at it. I mean, it does have its other side of like, (laughs) you know, the, loss and grief and, you know, um, just that kind of things falling away and using that, um, in our advantage sometimes. And that sometimes we're at, you know, a disadvantage of, uh, things that are out of our control, but I'm wondering if this last pass too is helping, especially with being in the Scorpio season and just that fixated, fixated, um, uh, water energy that is helping us, you know, tap into these intuitions and these dreams and finally putting that, you know, we've been in the space of like, 
what ideal vision is, you know, going to really work here? Because we all have dreams and some of them can be very real, but they take work and they take effort. um, And uh, they also take a little bit of a realistic eye there. And so I'm wondering if maybe part of this is going to help us make that transition to, to really know what... uh, what is viable as a dream and what we do have an opportunity to make a vision into a reality uh, going forward. So I think it's all those things really. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I love that. And uh, just because, you know, this is a trine between the sun and Neptune. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a real opportunity to trust your gut on, on what dreams will work and then, yeah, put put the discipline and the focus and the long-term strategy of Capricorn on the table with it all. And it makes me think about Greta Thunberg and all the, the climate activism that's happening. And there is this, vision that comes from the young people of of what they want the future to look like and we have to actually put some strategies in place so that everybody's on board because we can't just make that vision a reality without actually taking practical steps towards it so but it is having to I guess the fear part that you were talking about with Saturn is we are going to have to let go of some things you know we're going to have to let go of consumerism and we're going to have to let go of all those things that make our life a bit of a luxury but to be able to have a future that we all are part of and that we are all going to be able to live together in um i think that's really beautiful you know what you were talking about with that offers that you know if we can put the right structure in place towards it we can have a beautiful future but you have to work hard to get it yeah. And this, and we have to keep in mind, and I love that you, you brought this up because really, you know, Jupiter on out, we're looking at more collective energies here. Of course, we experience it in our own lives, but there's a bigger yeah. story at play here as well. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of unique opportunity to this configuration, uh, but given the, the year span that it, um, you know, has been playing out because it yeah. seems like it's, it's wrapping up this so that we can then get to that Saturn Pluto that we're talking about in, in January. Um, so we got to yeah. check in one last time. And, and if anybody is yeah. interested, I will do a quick plug. If anybody's interested in the Greta Thunberg chart, I just did a, a podcast with Christina Caudill over at Radiant Astrology and we dissected her whole chart, um, which was oh, fascinating. Cool. We don't have a birth time, but you know, the progressions. Wow. <laughs> With Why? her story. Oh my God. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so anywho, I love that. So, <laughs> oh, I, I like all, yes, yes. So, um, all right. So we've met, you know, sun comes around, we meet Saturn and Neptune and they meet each other there in that November uh, 8th timeframe, November 8th, 9th. Uh, Mercury sextiles Pluto right at, you know, that same timeframe. So, you know, Mercury retrogrades playing into that configuration as well as it's, you know, catching up with Mars's square to Pluto just a few days prior, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but then Broadcasting really... that message out as yeah. well as, as it can do. Yeah. And then we basically lead to, uh, you know, that sun, uh, the inferior conjunction with Mercury and the sun on November 11th, uh, the day before our full moon in Taurus, um, which, yes. So Mercury conjuncting in Scorpio and on a full moon. I feel like things are coming to light. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, it's a a Mercury Kazemi. So, and and yet it's, 
it's in its retrograde phase. So it's like all those inner things, those inner dwellings, we're halfway through the retrograde period now and it's like let's let's bring up the jewels from the depth and, you know, let, let's bring up the diamonds from the hidden coal mm. that, 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 that used to be coal and, and bring them up because that's what Scorpio can do. It, it has the pressure to turn coal into diamonds. So it's like, okay, what jewels are down there? What gems are we going to bring up and, and offer to others? And they may be a bit half-baked because we're still not totally through the retrograde period, but there is the chance to kind of pull it up and, and look at it and go, oh, okay, all right, perfect. I'll, I'll put that back in and see what a little bit more cooking can do. So, yeah, that's kind of my feeling on it. And, and that full moon, man, I think it'll be a nice one. I think so too. And, you know, it's interesting what you're just saying, you're in your coal miner, you know, digging that, <laughs> digging that up. And the house, uh, perfect does that seem after, you know, coming off of that, that Saturn Neptune sun that we were just talking about. And then yes. here Mercury is like, okay, well, I'm going to conjunct, you know, I'm going to conjunct, I'm going to seed this in, you know, it, it's sextiled Pluto, which Pluto is all about, you know, unearthing those, those diamonds, you know, the Saturn is very coal like, you know, I, I, I am digging <laughs> this underground, uh, you know, <laughs> I like that, <laughs> that analogy there. Um, so yeah. So basically we have that full moon in, in Taurus taking place on November 12th, just a day after the Mercury sun conjunction there. Uh, and then we also, have, it, it's interesting because at that full moon, basically Mars gets to its sextile with Jupiter after it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's squared Saturn at the new yeah. moon, it's squared Pluto halfway at the first quarter. And then now yeah. we're like, Oh, Jupiter. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I also the Taurus, like I always say the antidote, to scorpion venom is Taurus, yeah. you know, so it's like a chance, both of those, a chance to just revel in the Jupiter juice and really put some action into things. But I also feel like it's a chance to take a breath and just connect, just be with the serenity that Taurus brings and the groundedness that Taurus brings. And I guess, you know, put down that scorpion shovel of, of trying to keep digging and getting underneath things and instead just be and, and be with the pleasures that the you know Mar- because Mars in Libra is looking for pleasure and I think when it meets the um that sextile to Jupiter it will just expand that urge for it. So I think really that full moon um is a real chance to just let go. What day of the week is that? I, I don't have any <laughs> that's week. a good question. Uh it will be I know I just have dates. What day of okay so that well, those. Oh, it's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> a Mars so it'd be day. like a. <laughs> um, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, so yeah, you know, it'll be an early, early start of the week where we're going to be feeling this. But you know, we'll get off that week on a good foot, I'm sure. Um, yeah. and, and feeling pretty solid that you know third week essentially of uh, November there. Um, yeah. And then, you know, because basically we have this full moon, Mars sextiles Jupiter, and then, you yeah. know, the sun comes around to make its own sextile with Pluto, right when Mercury's sextiling Saturn again. So there's just, you know, this is just a steady just a steady train of like changing <laughs> dynamics. And I agree with you with the Taurus full moon, you know, this Taurus loves peace. It loves stillness, you know, yeah. it, it, connecting to, to the body and the earth. And just, you know, like you said, just be, just being. And so I'm, I'm hoping that through that first couple of weeks of just dynamic energy and reconfiguration going on, that we'll reach this point of like, ah, oh, you know, mm-hmm. 
Ah, okay. Yeah. It's stabling. It's stabling out now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's looking to, you know, it's looking to Venus. You know, this is a full moon in one of Venus's signs and she's in Sag. So I just feel like this will be a really, a a real drop of sweetness in amongst the Saturn, Pluto, like, you know, okay, let's do the hard work. It's like, okay, let's not just for a few days. And yes, it's a Tuesday. (laughs) Maybe Maybe it's a take yourself a nice little doona day or a nice little a day off work and, and go and enjoy the energy. I love that because especially because basically, you know, two days after our full moon there, we're going to have a Venus square Neptune. So she wants a day off. She's like, can we have take a holiday a already? Yes. <laughs> take yes. a week off. <laughs> it, and you know, it kind of feels right to do so like at this, yeah. at that point. So, you know, if you have the ability for like the week of, uh, November 11th, you know, take some time off, do some things that speak to yourself, get that sense of adventure that Venus is like, you know, I've gotten through all this, you know, more intense, heavier energy. And now I just need, I just, I I need a break. I need to, you know, because adventure and, and, you know, just experiencing something new, which Sag loves to do, it just gives a whole new lease on life and just new perspective um, that will invigorate and, and help the situation morph as it will be, I think, this month. Yeah. And, and those, you know, those Venus-Neptune vibes are so creative too. And, and I, you know, there's creativity. There's all, for those that are blessed with it, not me, but, you know, I know you are with music and, but this is just creating anything, you know, whether you're pregnant or whether you're pregnant with an idea or, or something you want to create. It's like the magnetic flow of things with Venus and Neptune as well. It's like, let's just see where the flow takes us rather than having this plan. Okay, this project's going to look like this. And mm-hmm. I feel like there is the fire, but there's the water there as well. So, the, the you know, there, there's the tension between the two, but it's like we can actively go with the flow if we choose to and just really see what it creates. Um You know, I've been talking a bit, I don't know if you've seen the Mary Poppins Returns, but you can tell I have young children. <laughs> I haven't. Oh, there's this awesome song at the beginning where, you know, these the two kids, the three children are very serious. They've had a hard year and Mary Poppins comes in and goes, you know, can you imagine that? It's like this whole idea of like, well, you know, let's not be so serious. Let's bring a bit of imagination into things and see how that sweetens things. It's, mm. it's like that spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down. And I feel like that's what this Venus Neptune energy will be like, that little spoonful of sugar that helps us get creative and, and, and dwell in the imagination and dwell in the magic um, of, of what's possible with that Neptune in Pisces. So. Yes, I totally agree. And I could use I could use a, a shot of sugar myself at this point. <laughs> I think we all could in many ways. Yeah. So I love that. Uh, and I will say that you know, anybody that does astrology, especially very very well, like you do, Alicia, that is a creative oh, skill. Thank you. That is a creative skill. Don't fool yourself. It's not all in. It's in, in our true. traditional sense of the arts. Everybody's creative yeah. in their own way. Absolutely. Um, and so. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, so yes, creative energies are definitely up, uh, but you may just want to take a break and have fun at the same time, yes. basically yes. in that uh, totally. third week of, of November there. Um, and then basically we'll have Mars move into Scorpio, right? Uh, yes, right before. So Mars is going to move into Scorpio on November 18th. Same time we have a last quarter moon in uh, Leo, which Sounds a little dramatic. Uh, <laughs> the two compare, you know, the two going in around the same time, um, and then Mercury is going to station direct the following day on November twentieth, and then basically we're out of Scorpio season at this point. So you know, Mars gets through its Libra. Uh, we kind of get that last quarter moon hit in the a very heart centered, you know, fixed fires of Leo, and then Mercury yeah. is like, I'm direct. Um, so that's quite a wrap up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. I think those last, you know, five days of four, four or five days of Scorpio season, it'll just have an ease and a comfort and a flow because you've got the ruler in its own sign now. And, you know, as a Mars and Scorpio native, it's a really cool energy. It's like, it's, it's not as fierce and, and warrior like as Mars in Aries, but it's, yeah, there's a lot more feeling and sensitivity and empathy, but drive still that's in yeah. there. So I feel like that'll really help with things a lot as well um, in those last days. Yeah, I think so too. And, and even going into Sagittarius season, I think that's going to help uh, our mission, you know, continue to further yeah. stabilize, um, at, you know, for based on all the you know, twists and turns that really Scorpio season brings, but especially Libra season brought. Um, and so this is kind of, <laughs> this is kind of wrapping that, that up. And then we get to this nice uh, kind of finishing moment where we're kind of, you know, sliding into home base in some ways to then, you know, hit the ball again. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> nice analogy. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm really, you know, we might be biased, but I'm looking forward to the Scorpio season. I think Me it's too. going to, resolutions resolutions will take place um and, and, and as long as we give ourselves some space <laughs> and we're willing to to go there in many ways yeah absolutely all right well uh you know let's see how we're we this was a juicy month so i guess we'll wrap it up here now alicia where hmm? where do you have what do you got going on what do you where can people find you do you have any offerings any of that stuff tell our people Sure. So people can find me via aliciayusuf.com um, and also via the Water Trio podcast, as we were talking about earlier. And what I wanted to offer is, well, first off, two things going on. One, if, if people subscribe to my website at this time, they're going to receive a free meditation to use for Mercury Retrograde in Scorpio. So as a way to really help dwell into that and, and try to access your intuition, it's a fun little meditation that I've offered clients in the past and so I thought I'll, I'll put it out there for all my subscribers and also what I wanted to offer for the whole of Scorpio season to your listeners is 30% off consults with me so whether they want to year ahead or a birth chart consult um, just to use the code Scorpio Mel um, in my checkout to be able to access that so yeah if you're looking for a bit of Scorpio energy during Scorpio season then then along my way 
I love it. You know, I'm just dancing over here with my, my special <laughs> promo code. Yes, yeah, so 30% off, you know, and this is the time. This is the t- <laughs> this is the time to get clear um, yes. in many ways. So uh, that's a lovely offering. And, and, you know, I'm sure my listeners will thank you. So definitely reach out to Alicia and I will share her information as well on my site so that you know you have a direct connect to get to her. Um, so you can find me over at energeticprinciples.com and also on Facebook and Instagram at Energetic Principles. Um, And of course, you know, I do consultations as well. And I have my Patreon if you would like to support the podcast, which you can find at patreon.com backslash guessed it, Energetic Principles. <laughs> I managed to get that name for everything. So if it's a platform, just look for Energetic Principles at this point. So um, yeah, I, you know, oh, and, you know, people need to know about Scorpio season, especially this, you know, yes. this year, this, this is some juicy material and, and knowing how to work with it, I think it's going to be very beneficial um, down the road, especially once we get to eclipse season and January. So share this podcast with a friend, you know, give a, a review wherever it is that you listen to this because it will help myself and Alicia be seen further. Um, and we can get that, that good Scorpio word out there um, because it'll be yeah. useful, I think. So, yeah. All right. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and taking the time to tell everybody about Scorpio season. I really do appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Mel. It was so awesome to be part of this. You know, you you offer a top quality astrology podcast, so it was really an honor to be part of it. Thank you. Well, I hope you come visit me again. We're going to have to uh, set that in the books sometime. Sure, love to. (laughs) Wonderful. All right, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm -hmm.